Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Whoa, good morning, people. How are you doing today? Wow, we got through Thanksgiving. But guess what? Christmas is on the way. We'll make it through that as well. We want to welcome those that are watching around the world and, and whatever you're watching on and listening to us today. I want to say thanks to Pastor Mark, who's, man, I just love that guy. He's been amazing in my life and uh, been a big part of his life in the building of the church, Mosaic Church here. It's just been great. He's out for the day, and so you get me today. Whether you want me or not, I'm here. And so, yeah, um, I appreciate that standing ovation, praise God. <laughs> so I, I'm just so excited. I, I'm still uh, not back in the house just yet, but uh, I was, went over to my place yesterday to have some alone time with God, and the grandkids came over and asked if they could hang out. And I said, yeah, uh, we're going to pick up some leaves. And after we pick up the leaves, you have to leave. Because <laughs> I have to spend some time with God today. And we're going to continue along those thoughts about, guess what? We're going to talk to you today about one of the greatest stories in the Bible on mercy, love, and grace. So if you'll turn in your Bibles today to 2 Samuel chapter 4. And then also find, if you will, 1 Peter chapter 1. You're going to love it right there, verse 2. And stand up, and we're going to declare today, hold our Bibles up together. I'm excited. Thank you for watching today. Those of you that stayed home, you need to get up and come on down and see what we're doing. We're building a great church. Amen? Amen. I want to thank God for Pastor Mark and Rick today. They're, they're out. And Susan, we're here today, and we're going to have a great time. You believe that? Yeah. Well, hold your Bibles up and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what my Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody say, Woo! Amen. That's just checking your pulse today, making sure you're alive. We're gonna, I want to introduce to you today some people I want to talk about. A young kid by the name of Mephibosheth, and I want to talk to you about uh, his father who was Jonathan and his grandfather who was Saul. And I want you to know that sometimes in life, we forget who we are. We forget that we are royalty. And today I want to talk to you about royalty being in the wrong place. And so as you wait for me at 1 Peter, 2 and, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I want to show you who you are in that verse, and then we're going to talk about Mephibosheth in, verse, in Samuel chapter 4. But Mephibosheth is the son of a prince of the United Kingdom of Israel, and that would be his father, Jonathan, who was a, hero, a historic figure, and he was the oldest son of Saul, and that would be his grandfather. Therefore, Mephibosheth is the son of a prince and the grandson of a king. Somebody say royalty. But that is a lot of royalty right there. This young kid, is, is he is of royalty because his father is a prince 
and his grandfather is a king. And I want to go over to 1 Peter now, and I want to show you that not only was Mephibosheth of royalty, but so are you. You may not believe that today, but I'm going to show you that you are of royalty because the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, but ye are what kind of generation? He's talking to you. He's not talking to Mephibosheth right now. We, we've rolled all the way forward to the New Testament, and he's telling you that you are a chosen generation and what kind of a priesthood? He's talking to you today that you are a royal priesthood. Whether you know that or not, you are. And you are a holy nation that a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of what? Into what? So he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I don't know about you, but royalty sometimes can end up in the wrong place. There are a lot of people today that are of royalty, but they are in some places that they should not be. There are a lot of people today that are reading the word of God and proclaiming to be children of the Most High God, but they are in the wrong place. Can I get one amen? amen. But guess what this morning? That's my guess what for you. You don't have to stay there. When God found me, I didn't have to stay where I was. He found me in an 18-wheeler coming down I-40. And that is when I realized that I was a child of the Most High God, and I turned my life around some 30-something years ago. And I want us to look at, at Samuel chapter 4, and I want to bring you up to date on Mephibosheth. This is a young kid who is of royalty. And Mephibosheth was five years old when both of his father, Jonathan, and his grandfather, Saul, died at the Battle of Mount Gabor. And so now David is the king now. And what you have to understand is that when kings take over reigns and remnants, they want to change everything around. They want to get rid of that whole regiment, that whole family, and take everybody out so that the whole focus is on them. And I'm going to get a little bit political today, and that's why you hear the name Obama so much. <laughs> My email address is www.leavemealone.com. <laughs> and so tradition was when a king was going out, he wanted to destroy the old remnant. But David is looking to bless someone in the family of Jonathan because they have made a covenant with each other. They are covenant brothers. And now this young boy has been, uh, been hauled out, and, when he, when, and he's, now he is lame. When they were taking him out, they dropped him. I want you to read that. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in how many feet? And he was five years old when, he, when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse or his caretaker picks him up, and she flees. But as she hurried to leave, she fell. And she dropped him, and he became disabled in both feet. Now, I want you to know that this kid, it doesn't matter that they've dropped him and he's lame in both feet. He's still of what? Somebody say royalty. It doesn't change anything. His caretaker now, a nurse, took him and fled in panic. And in haste, the child was dropped while fleeing and became disabled. Anybody in here ever been dropped? <laughs> you ever been dropped from a class, been... Somebody dropped you in a, in a relationship, dropped you from the job. Come on, somebody. We've all been dropped before. 
And so his caretaker takes this child of royalty to the lowest place she can find. She took him to Lodabar. There's a lot of Christians in Lodabar today. There's a lot of us lingering around at Lodabar. And Lodabar was a place out of the mainstream of society with no social activity or friendships outside of themselves. They were alone and dislocated and misunderstood, both physically and, and psychologically. She has taken this kid who is of royalty. Because of the fierce battle and, and the, the heat is on, she grabs this kid and she takes him now and she goes to the lowest end of the earth and she takes him to a place called Lodabar. And now here he is, royalty in the wrong place. But how many of us know that we don't have to stay there? You don't have to stay in these places. If we are of royalty, what are we doing in Lodabar? We are people of 1 Peter 2 and 9. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. How did you get to Lodabar? I've been there before. I know how to come out of Lodabar. Sometimes you come out of Lodabar and sometimes the king will send for you. I came to tell you today that at the end of this sermon, the king is going to send for you. It's time for us to come out of Lodabar. It is a place where you're homeless and struggling. People are alone and forgotten. And the very meaning of Lodabar means having nothing to do with, no hope. Same old, same old. She took him, she did the best she could, but she took him to the low end of the totem pole, if you will. She took him to the lowest end of earth. I, I deal with these people every day in a place called prison that they've been sent down to Lodabar. But if I come into your load of bar, I'm going to tell you about Jesus and you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to raise the bar. If I come into your, into your area, you're going to have to raise the bar. It's time for us to get out of load of bar. We've all been to load of bar. My wife found me at load of bar and began to pray for me and, uh, and put anointed oil on me when I didn't even know I had oil on me. She prayed over me and brought me out of a place called load of bar. And the very meaning of Lodabar is not having nothing, no pasture, no hope, small thinking. You ever been there? It was a town of forgotten people, including Mephibosheth, the son of David's best friend, Jonathan, who was the son of the king, Saul. And royalty in the wrong place, all of us have been there. And there are many of you under the sound of my voice right now. If you're in these places where you feel like you cannot come back to God, that you don't feel worthy of coming back to God, I came to help you today. Because there are Christians all over the world who are hanging their head and don't realize that you have the power of the Most High God is still in you. It is time for us to get up the lost, the unskilled, the uneducated, the outcasts from society. People who are bypassed every day and people that we pay no attention to. We're going to have to start helping to bring people out of Lodabar. Our chairs will never get filled up until we bring some Lodabar people in our church. It's time for us to witness. It's time for us to, to, to know the signs of Lodabar people. The other day, I, here a while back, rather, there was a young lady that's walking on 10th and Rockwell. That's an area where they go back and forth to, to the uh, welfare department, and they don't have very much. And, and they just live in that Lodabar life. And I'm not running them down. I'm just telling you what happens in my area. And this young lady was coming by, and all I said to her was, good morning. What did I do that for? I say, good morning, ma'am. How are you? The sun was shining. And she looked like she needed somebody to say something to her. And she said these words to me. 
She said, well, you saying good morning to me. What's so good about it? And here's what she said. She said, the white people got all the money. And I said, really? So I reached in my pocket and I gave her a $100 bill. I said, get this before the white people know that I have it. So I gave her a $100 bill, and she looked at me like, what do I have to do for this? Nothing, lady. Not one single thing. Just take it and, tra- and change your attitude. I say, the white people don't have all the money. They got a lot of it. But they don't have this $100 bill. Enjoy this one. And you know what she said to me? She said, what church do you go to? She immediately, she, she connected the two together. It must have been a church, but lady, it ain't what church I go to. Greater is he that's in me. There's something great. It ain't the church. And so she takes this $100 bill. She was, she was a loader bar attitude. She had a loader bar mentality. And not long after that, she came by. She said, she said hey, preacher. <laughs> she said, I bought me a car seat and I bought me a stroller for my baby. She was pregnant as it gets. And not long after that, I'm in that same area, and I, and I go by, a few months go by, and I hear somebody blow a horn out there, toot-toot. And she goes, hey, preacher, I got a car. I say, come on, somebody. You know, just bringing somebody out of Lodabar. A $100 bill and an encouraging word brought her out of her Lodabar. Now she's not only, she's got a car, she's got a stroller, and now she understands that the white people don't have all the money. Isn't it amazing that the, the, the theology that we take on and the thinking that we take on, but we have to be able to bring them out of their loadable experience and people that are written off as another statistic on a government report card. That's what she was. But you just have to speak life to loadable people. She was royalty in the wrong place with wrong thinking. And so we live in Lodabar. We know somebody in Lodabar. We walk around, we drive around, and ignore Lodabar people. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, my little grandson, he, he's starting to kind of bother me a little bit now. In all of my cars that I drive, I put loose dollars in the console. Because inevitably, you're going to find somebody on the corner saying, we'll work for food. <laughs> and I don't question them if they got a million dollars in their pocket or not. We just give them money, and my grandson sits in the back of the car looking for people with a sign. Papa, there's one. Let's give him some money. I go, dude, you keep this up. You ain't going to have no ice cream. <laughs> but you just, if you'll take a moment, don't just hand them that dollar or that $2 out of the window. Give them a scripture or something. Give them some encouraging words. But I want you to understand something that there are times when people write us off. I want us to go to 2 Samuel right now in verse 9, 2 Samuel 9 and verse 1. But there are people that write us off, the Lodabar people. How did this young boy who is of royalty, how did he end up in a place called Lodabar out of fear and out of panic? She grabs him and she takes him to a place called Lodabar. There's no preaching down there. There's no hope down there. There's nothing down there. But the point I want to make today is that this was royalty in the wrong place. There are some of us right now, your thinking is in the wrong place. Royalty in the, same, in the wrong place. Some of you watching right now on, on your, on your uh, technology or whatever you're watching on right now, listening on, you are royalty in the wrong place. 
If you are sitting and you cannot get off of pornography, you are royalty in the wrong place. If you can't stop cheating on your wife, you are royalty in the wrong place. Yeah, I came to wake you up today. It's time for us to go to new levels on Jesus Christ and come out of the Lodabar mentalities today and begin. You would not believe how many of us Christians are hung up on pornography. Don't get quiet on me when I'm preaching good. We got to come out of those loader bar places. I was preaching in a church in Houston, Texas. And I said to the young people who are just mass amount of young uh, men and women that were in the church that morning. And I gave an altar call for the youth. I say, for you youth under the sound of my voice. And you know that you know that you are, you are on the highways on your Googling this, that, and the other. And you're Googling all these things that are going to destroy your life. And you are hooked on pornography. I want you to get out of your seat and come right now. And the whole front of the church filled up with young men. I wasn't there to embarrass them. I was there to bring them out of that loader bar mentality. That's royalty in the wrong place. Oh, it's getting quiet up in here now. That's royalty in the wrong place. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You got to get up and talk to your flesh. Your flesh don't know you saved. You got to tell your flesh, your flesh will tell you, you got to grab yourself in the collar and say, I'm not going down to Lodabar today. I'm not doing that today. I am royalty and I will act like royalty, live like royalty, talk like royalty. I am not going down to Lodabar. You will not drag me off into a cave of despair. I've never seen a time right now when so many of us, the body of Christ, we are sick, we are depressed, we are lonely, we are helpless, we are single parents, we are dead. Where is God in the middle of all of this? Is he still not God? Is he still God in America today? If he is, then we come out of Loda Bar. We square our shoulders up and we look in the mirror and see a future and not a failure. Oh, I know it's early, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to settle down. Y'all are like, settle down, preacher. I can't help myself. I've been to Loader Bar. I've been around Loader Bar people. But I want us to look at, this is my text for the day. In 2 Samuel 9 and verse 1, I want you to know that this is King David. And King David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Can somebody say covenant? You see, he, what he should have, most kings would have been trying to kill little Mephibosheth because he was still linked to the covenant of Saul and Jonathan. But David had made a covenant with Jonathan that says, if anything happens to your family, I'll take care of it. And if anything take, happens to my family, you take care of my family. That is covenant. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You can't really find a real covenant brother in the United States of America right now. Because when they get on their feet and they get going the way they want to go, guess what? They break the covenant. A covenant is a binding agreement. But Jonathan, David would not break the covenant and he gets up one morning, there's a banquet at the table. See, royalty ought to be at a royalty banquet table. Royalty should not be down in Lodabar. And David is a little bit nervous and he's walking through the palace of wherever he was and he's going, there's got to be somebody else in the lineage of Jonathan that I can bless today because I made a covenant with Jonathan. I would not break my covenant. And he's walking back and forth just like heaven is today. God is in heaven going, there has to be somebody left in America that I can bless today. 
It's a type and a shadow. There's got to be somebody else that understands John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Come on, somebody. And he's walking just like David is up, walking through the palace. And he's saying there's got to be someone else in a lineage that I can bless. And verse 3 says, the king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, there is still one, a son of Jonathan, but he is lame in both feet. And the God that we serve don't say, don't bring that lame fool to my table. That's not the God we serve. And there was not one dignitary that could have told David, how dare you bring some lame person to the banquet? They would have had their head chopped off. And that's the way our God is today. Don't you dare tell me that I can't invite every person down there that's got a problem to the banquet table. Don't tell me who to invite. Don't tell me that I can't invite a divorcee and that I can't invite someone that's hooked on pornography and that I can't invite someone that is prejudiced as all get out. Don't tell me who to invite. Just tell me where they are. This is what happens when you send your kids home and you're at home studying by yourself. You get all fired up. And Zebra answers, he's, yes, there's still one, but he's lame. And David asked this question, where is he in verse 4? That's what all of heaven is saying today. Where is he? Where is she? Is there not one that I can invite to the table today in spite of what's going on in America today? Is there still not one that I can bless today? Is there still not one that I can heal today? Is there still not one that I can raise up today? If you're just, where is he, David said, the king asked. And Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makar, the son of Amiel. He's in Lodabar. And I can just see King David going, oh, he's gone too far. If he's in Lodabar, we, we can't get him. Maybe if he was just sitting at a bar, we'd be all right. But he's in low to bar. How I many of us know nothing is too hard for our God? There's no low to bar situation that's too hard for our God. You can't go far enough for, for God to not be able to reach you. And here he is down at, at Lodabar, and in verse 5, so King David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Machir to some. David said, go get him. Bring him here. And can you imagine this kid right now? That here he is now, he's grown up. He's years older now. And he knows his, someone has had to tell him that he was a prince because that's just the way society is. I could just see them just looking at this little boy and going, and you call yourself the son of a prince? You can't even walk and you don't have no joy. You don't have no peace. How many of us know that suffering may endure through the night, but my joy is coming in the morning. I don't know about you, but I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Joy comes in the morning. I might not have no feet, but that's all right. I still got a God. At least I got somebody that's care about me and that's looking for me. I want you to get excited about this. Somebody say the king is calling you. That's what I came to tell you today. You didn't go far enough for God not to call you. The king is calling you. David said, go and bring him here to me. And this kid, I could just see him going, is he going to kill me or is he going to bless me? Is he going to finish wiping out the lineage of Saul and my daddy, Jonathan? What's he going to do? And I could just see him right now when that, when that chariot pulls up and they say, on your feet, boy, the king's calling you. I could just see Mephibosheth going, the king? Well, I mean, the king is calling me. I've never been invited to see the president or a queen, 
but I'm getting invited to see the king of kings? I don't know. You may, you may have never been invited to see the president or a queen, but you've been invited to see the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I came to get somebody out of Lodabar today. I came to tell somebody today that you are still of royalty today. I don't care if you've been, what you've been through. You are a royal priesthood. Today is your day. It's time for you to raise up and take ownership of who you are. Why? Because we have a king that's calling us. And David said, go and fetch him. That means bring him here. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? And I began to think about that song, I Can Only Imagine. What will I do? Will I stand before him or will I bow on my knees? Or on my knees will I bow? Oh, I can't wait to get in front of the king. I can't wait to get in front of King Jesus. And I, got, I started thinking about that song. I can only imagine what I'm going to do when I get to the king's house. Here I am. My feet are bad. I can't walk. I've been hauled off the loader bar. My dad, my granddad, they're gone. I don't even know who. I don't know nothing, but the king is calling me. Boy, that ought to make you excited right there. I've been dropped. I've been left behind. My wife left me. I'm just saying in turn, my wife didn't leave me, so don't go say that. <laughs> my wife left me. My husband left me. I got all this stuff going on, but the king is calling me. I don't have anything. My feet are all jacked up. Come on, somebody. Can't walk. Somebody got to haul me around. But the king is calling me. Are you serious right now? Boy, that's some exciting stuff. I've been down in Lodabar all this time, and I didn't even know that I was of royalty, and the king is going to call. And look at verse 7. It says, when, when Mephibosheth walks in, listen to what the king said. He said, do not be afraid, said David, for surely I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Somebody say, guess what? Come on now. It's my day now. It's my day. Guess what? I don't have to stay down in Lodabar. I don't have to stay angry. I don't have to stay offended. Don't be afraid, he said, David, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you how much of the land? All of the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always do what? My God, that's, that's, that's exciting to me. He comes from the backfield of nowhere in a place called Lodabar, and he's got an invitation to sit at the king's table and always eat at the king's table. Now, this is how we are. This is how we are in our thinking as we go to verse 8. This is just how we are. This is what we do. This is why people can't come to Jesus, can't come to Christ. Because now Mephibosheth bows down and he said, What is your servant that you should, should show regards for what kind of dog? Folks, that's all he can see in himself. That is what Lodabar has instilled in him, is that he is nothing other than a dead dog. Everybody see him, sees him as a dead dog. He sees himself as a dead dog. He bows down in front of royalty, and he doesn't, still doesn't understand it. Mephibosheth bows down and he said, What is your servant that you should so regard, show regard for a dead dog like me? That's all he saw in himself. 
that young lady on that morning that I said good morning to her. She, I don't know if she went as far as seeing a dead dog, but she didn't see much. She didn't see much, Brother Brian, in herself. All she could see was the prejudice that somebody had put inside of her that white people had all the money. I'm like, are you serious, lady? You need to drop that Lodabar mentality and get up and get a new attitude and then you'll get a car and be on your way and you don't have to go back down to the welfare department again. I believe in helping our people and our citizens, but at some point we got to get up from Lodabar. We got to get up and get going. And here's Mephibosheth down in front of David, simply saying, how did I get such an invitation? How is it that you see the best in me when all the whole world sees the worst in me? That's what he's saying. How do you see the best in me when everybody else sees the worst in me? That's what God does. He sees the best in you. He sees the best in the drunk. He sees the best in, in the man that comes home and tearing the house up. And sometimes all we can see is the worst in him because we've had enough of it. But God still sees the best in him. And he says, on your feet. Everything that, that belonged to you, I'm going to give it to you. You see, until you can come in from Lodabar, you won't get your stuff back. You got to come in from that mentality. You got to drop all that low life thinking and that low life living and being in a place out of the absolute will of God. You have to come in. God loves people that are in low places. In Luke, Jesus was invited to a, a Pharisee's house, very prominent Pharisee. Jesus goes in and he sits down and notices that there's a man that's his tummy is swollen and he's swell, swollen all up. And Jesus said, hey, should I heal this man today or tomorrow? I know today is the Sabbath, but should I heal him today or tomorrow? They didn't say nothing. They was quiet. So Jesus heals the man. He looks around at the crowd and he noticed that that day ain't happy because he healed him on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, hey, if you had an ox or a child that fell in the well, wouldn't you heal him today? And they still stayed quiet. And Jesus was just, see, don't invite Jesus to your party. He'll mess up your party, man. Some of y'all, man, don't invite Jesus to Thanksgiving. He'll mess up the whole thing. And then he goes a little further and he says, why are you sitting in this chair? Why are you sitting in the, in the high dignitary chair? He said, when you come in, stay on the low end of things. And if you deserve that seat, the owner, the, the one that the guest will invite you to that seat. He said, what are you doing in that seat? And then he goes a little bit further. And he goes, why'd you bring your uncle and your aunt, your cousin and your brother? Why'd you bring them, invite them to the party? He says, and why did you invite the rich? He said, you, what you did was they're going to repay you. He said, what I would rather have seen is you invite somebody that was crippled, lame, can't hardly hear. Pass the biscuits already. I have one. He said, bring somebody that can't hear. Bring somebody that can't see. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Bring them out of Lodabar. Bow your heads with me all over the place. I want to pray over you. Maybe you're one of those that are 
you've gone down to Lodabar. Maybe you're in Lodabar right now. Maybe you're in some places that you think that you can't get out of. If that's you today, I would like for you to come. Just for a few months, I got, let me give myself five minutes. You saying, preacher, I need prayer. I'm in some places I, I should not be. That's you today. Just, I'm not going to name you. I'm not going to put you in a category. But if you send preacher, pray for me today. I'm in, I'm in a bad place. I, I didn't know I could come out of Lodabar. That's you today. Just stand and raise your hand up today if that's you. And say, man, I see a hand back here. I see a hand back there. You simply say, man, I, 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 preacher, I, you know, I'm, I'm in Lodabar in some areas of my life. I'm in Lodabar. Two more minutes, and if you want me to pray for you, I want you to come and stand in front of Pastor Jesse right here. I'm not going to embarrass you, and I'm not going to call out categories. The Holy Spirit's going to be nice to you. I don't need to know what category you're in. The Holy Spirit knows. But my, my goal today is uh, Pastor Mark comes and, and wait here for me. I'm going to pray over you today. Just stand in front of me today. Stretch your hands toward heaven. I want everybody in the church to stand up right now this morning. Stretch your hand toward our people that are tired of being in Lodabar. And I'm, I want y'all to repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus. I'm in some low places of life. Today, the king is calling me. I'm coming out of Lodabar. I'm going to a place of significance. Reason being, I am of royalty. I am a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I have been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. And today, I ask you to forgive me for my Lodabar mentality. Today, I get out. I move on. It's a new day. At 12.01, in our society, it's a new day. In Jesus' name, amen.